Wavepool technology is progressing at a rapid rate as commercial surf parks open up all around the world. I'm your host, Brian Dickerson, editor at Wavepool Mag, and together we'll explore this amazing new landscape by talking to the dreamers, developers, engineers, and everyone making this space happen. These are the personalities who are defining the breadth and scope of artificial wave making today. Welcome to the Wavepool Mag podcast. Welcome to the Wavepool Mag podcast this week. It's really exciting because we are in Waco, Texas, and speaking to the owners of Waco Surf. Yes, that's correct. My name is Michael Paul Schwab, and I'm here with my business partner and very good friend, David Taylor. Hello. Thank you for having us, uh, uh, Brian. What a treat. Thanks for taking the time out to join us. And uh, for those of you listening, the pair here before me in front of the microphone have a wonderful set of mullets. When, when in, in Texas, Texas. <laughs> that wasn't planned. Oh I told you we're good friends. Uh, yeah, different different times that the mullets came about, but you got to let that yeah. Texas waterfall out the back. We're kind of just bringing back the the Joe Diffie circa 1990. It's a big inspiration of mine, so I'll do the push-ups later. Okay, okay, good. And you guys, uh, you've known each other for a while. Yes, sir. And a while. Yeah, I, a long I, while. I think we met, the, the first time we met was probably sometime around 2005, 2006. Our ex-girlfriends worked together, and they kept trying to get us to hang out. But for some reason, I was like, I don't like this guy one yeah. bit. Mike had enough friends. I had enough <laughs> friends. I didn't have enough, so I was like, can I meet him, please? <laughs> uh, and then our, our respective ex-girlfriends became our ex-girlfriends. We started surfing together. We moved in together, and yeah, the rest is history. Right on. At one time, we had a sauna in my living room that we would sit in and drink Captain Morgan's and Kern's nectar juice and watch movies through the glass in the sauna. It was a magical time in our lives. It sounds How dark like do you want us to get? Like, I, I think we're going to have to stop there. Yeah, let's get back to that. Yeah, sauna, yeah, it goes dark after that. Sorry, dude. And, then, and, and let's go over to um, your, your surfing back. Grounds. Mike, you're you're from San Diego. Yes, sir. And David, you're Encinitas, California. San Diego. Nine two zero two four North County. Yeah. Okay. And so, what brought you to to Texas? Like, when did you realize it was feasible to still be a surfer and still be here in Waco? Well, as everybody knows, uh, when this part came out, uh, it it took the surfing industry by storm. And if you surfed, you wanted to get here. Yeah. And so I actually got to come out with my friend in 2019, uh, shortly after it opened, and surfed this thing for the first time, and was just like, I was blown away by what artificial wave technology could do. It mm -hmm. like it that blew me away, honestly, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And um, so yeah, I brought that back to Encinitas, the the vision and the and in my mind, just thinking like, this is magical. This is going to change the and, surfing industry. And about that was 2019 19, early. So, yeah. So yeah. you were bitten by the, the wave pool bug. Got it bad. You yeah. know, it was, it was unbelievable. And yeah. He, 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 yeah, he, I think DT had surfed here once, uh, heard about a potential incoming sale of the property. I was living in Hawaii at the time and he called me and he said, 
you still hate your job? I was like, <laughs> I said, I do. And he's like, you should Get move back here. here. Uh, let's try and do something silly. Yeah. So Mike moved back to Encinitas, uh, and lived with me, with Amy, his wife, and we started putting this thing together and Mike started, basically he got involved with operations during the diligence period of, uh, of our escrow and during COVID was risking it all and traveling back and forth mm -hmm. and like keeping an eye on this place and, and, and basically running it uh, as he could from Encinitas without being here. Um, and so, yeah, it was an awesome ride and journey how it went down. And, and, and that's the interesting thing is that you are, uh, by all appearances, a couple of regular Joes who, who love surfing sure. and wanted to own and operate a wave pool. And I know there, there are financial hurdles to that. Sure. I think for our listeners, um, the, the greatest thing you guys bring to this conversation is accessibility because a lot of people are under the impression that it's like, oh, you have to have super deep pockets. Sure. Um, you guys were able to access financing. Um, and how did that work out? Correct. Uh, I mean, financing is difficult and, and I think opportunities when they present themselves, sometimes a perfect storm happens and you're at the right place at the right time. Uh, I'm not going to say we're like the most savvy business dudes you've ever met, but we're probably some of the luckiest dudes you've ever met. Okay. And we're honestly in the right place at the right time. Um, the previous owner needed to sell. Um, we were both uh, looking for uh, something else to do in our, in our next phase. We both come from different backgrounds um, professionally. And I knew I wanted to do something in the surf space and, and Mike probably did too. And and everything, honestly, the stars aligned for this one, because if, if we were to go back and do it now and try to redo this sale all over or just start one from scratch, it would be a lot more difficult. Okay. When we got involved, financing was easier. Um, capital markets weren't where they are now with interest rates. And um, we just had a lot more freedom to move about. And we, we definitely put in some of our own capital, but we're also helped out by conventional financing. And Back then, you know, to say back then, it's only three years ago, but 2020, um, it was just, it was easier, I think. And then, and the other thing about that, jumping into the, into the capital, at some point you had to have some kind of clarity, like, oh, we can do this. So <laughs> for most yeah. people, that's, you know, they're like, oh, I could never own a wave pool. I can never raise that much capital to do it. What gave you guys the confidence to yeah. Yeah, to, to do it. Honestly, for me, I didn't think this deal was going to close at all. Like the, the mm -hmm. whole time moving forward and doing this, it was like there were just so many hurdles and ups and downs and trying to get a, a loan with a business that no one knows anything about. And it was honestly like jumping through hoop after hoop. And we had like, like in any business, I assume that you start, it, it goes, you just have these massive ups and massive lows and we were just riding them out. And then COVID's happening all at the same time. And Honestly, like when I say the stars aligned, I'm not like joking around. Like it couldn't have, it couldn't have happened any other way. Like it was just something would terribly go wrong and then something would lift us up or we'd meet someone else who would introduce us to somebody else that could maybe help us in this category. And the perfect storm came through. And the next thing you know, we're closing on this land in this park. And it was, it was crazy, honestly. And on this um, course that you described, which is kind of like up and down and you're dealing with every little thing that comes your way and, and there's a lot of work. What were, 
What What were some of the most challenging things in this process? Because I, I know you you've got a few. <laughs> what is something that stands out? Like you're like, oh my god, that was almost it. We almost pulled the plug. Went running. You know, is there something that that comes to mind for for you, Michael? Uh, yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot of things, especially during the due diligence period. Um, some ops related, some like you know, making sure that we're all square with the state, with the county. Uh, technically, not part of the city, but still work with the health department there, knowing that some. The, the first year when we took over, like the reason that one of the main priorities was like uh, asset integrity and improvement was we're lucky enough to come into a spot that already had so much foundation, um, but knew it needed a lot of work and being able to prioritize what's day one, what's day 365, uh, so on, so forth. Um, is a, is a lot. It was, it was a lot to compartmentalize, a lot to break down, a lot to know figure out how to prioritize a big one for me was was the the nature of the world and the and the state of everything at the time like we went under contract for this property during COVID, and we couldn't travel i mean i had a newborn baby that born in january uh, god bless you matilda woohoo um and uh i wasn't going anywhere like i was literally on lockdown and mike and amy all of us were just holed up in in, in our house and like just hanging out there so no one knew what was going to happen and being a first-time parent um, I didn't know what to do and I wasn't going to travel out here and risk catching anything and bringing it back to my family. So trying to do an, do a deal with an operating business with personnel that are already here and not being able to integrate into that was extremely difficult. And a lot of it was, was over the phone. And honestly, I don't know how Mike pulled it off. Uh, I mean, building relationships over the phone and over Skype and over, you know, Zoom and having calls with people here on the ground and really bringing together a, a team virtually. Um, it was uh, masterful. Okay. And, and was there a point, like you had mentioned, uh, with, with county and, and licensing and, and did all the due diligence with that, like, was kind of did your head in. There was so much yeah. going on. What of that process, Michael, what was, what was the, the most difficult? without getting too dry into yeah sure um, mess. <laughs> yeah I, I guess uh the ones you hear a lot is making sure you've got water rights locked up um mm -hmm. yeah making sure that you understand i mean like i said i came here directly from hawaii and before that i lived in australia and now i was making sure that i understood the entire texas code <laughs> like okay. nothing that i had ever had to do before um and it is different it's different every place you go but you know it's just digesting it and working your way through it and so a big one as well like during covid a lot of these public municipalities were closed like straight oh, yeah. up closed yeah and so how do you get water permits and how do you get the septic out here and how do you get electricity signed off on when all of these things are just shut down and you don't know when they're going to open and meanwhile we're trying to move through this escrow not knowing if even who to contact out here because it's closed and then you're going through the the tabc licensing to try to get your beverage licenses and your beer and alcohol beer and wine so it was a the whole thing was just it was a it was everywhere okay. what was happening you you, you mentioned the, the stars aligning um, for everything to come together in, in, in this process. What was like your first illumination moment where you're like, oh, this is going to work? 
It's a good question. For me, it was when we were down in Austin at the escrow office signing the paperwork. It wasn't until you were no, okay. uh, honestly, okay. and and it went all the way down to that day with <laughs> stuff changing last minute, and it got uh, yeah. It was literally once I signed uh, the papers and and uh, and the escrow, and then found out that the that the previous owner had signed and executed. Um, that was when uh, I said, "Wow, we we did this," and I packed up the Sprinter van and we moved out here. Oh wow! Yeah. And for you, Michael. That's a great question. Probably then too, when they call me, be like, "Sorry, bro, you pulled the short straw. You're you're running this thing." <laughs> well, at least he got to fly out. He flew out, and me and my wife, my daughter, his dog, uh, my wife, your wife, and his wife, we yeah. all caravaned out together in the Sprinter van. Uh, and Mike got the got the fly out because he literally had to be on the ground the next day. Like we yeah. didn't switch that fast. So, so the really interesting thing here is when most people hear about wave pools and surf parks and the dip- development happening they they picture like oh we signed the deal you're gonna fly out in your private jet <laughs> no bro i was on southwest I, I was southwest c42 probably <laughs> i always forget to check in <laughs> meticulous about so many things but southwest check-ins get me every time okay and, and you david you were in the sprinter van just loaded with stuff loaded it was all we had that we did we packed it up and and actually we moved out to one of the houses in the back. Uh, it's the lake house. We rent it out now. It's beautiful. I don't know if you've been back there, if you haven't. Yeah, yeah. Mike gave me a tour. So that was the house that all four of us lived in and, and Matilda. So we lived in that thing for almost nine months until we both got places of our own and got off the property. But yeah, we were we were down and dirty on it for a while here. That's, that's amazing. So in this process, all of a sudden you find yourself, you're here, you, you own a surf park, you are responsible for its success and you know, its failure conversely. Sure. What, um, what hit you hardest in that process? Like, Oh my God, we got to do this. You know, what was, was there any kind of moment where you're like, wow, I, I really have to, uh, I think when you have an operations background, which DT and I both do, mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, we're on. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. We're on. This is now 100% our responsibility. Had a lucky little ramp up where in 2020, like DT said, I was coming out basically every other week uh, in an oversight and due diligence platform, I guess. Uh, So I knew the ins and outs of the current operation, which allowed us to start putting together a plan like what changes day one, uh, what are the items that we think are most important to start focusing on. Uh, So we did have a little bit of ramp up, but as previous operators of previous businesses, it's like, that's why we lived out the back. It's like, hey, this is a 24 hour day job. Like we were here, yeah, here, here. And both coming from operations to kind of out on that, like, Mike and I both do business in a similar way. We don't manage from afar. We've never been good at that. And I think to create brand and create culture within an organization, you need to be there. And so literally for the first two years, we were here every day and, and just on the ground and, and, and going about our business that way. Um, and that, I wouldn't have it any other way. That's what it took to get the place to where it is now and to where we feel confident and proud of, of what's been created. What you're doing. And what, um, throughout this, process and being on and making it happen is there's something michael you could have done without having to do 
<laughs> Can you rephrase the question? I, I, I lost you. Sorry. So is there, was there something where you, you had a moment like, oh my God, what have I done? You know, you're oh, don't, digging. Don't dig. jinx me, Brian. Don't no, no, jinx <laughs> Just for you to share your story. Yeah. And what, was there something you're like, you know, I, I didn't sign up for this. Um, I, I think, no, thankfully, uh, I mean, I don't want your listeners to think that this is like, oh yeah, it's all fairies and butterflies. Like Mm -hmm. it is very much an operating job and some people have that operating mindset and the ability to be operators Mm -hmm. because like it is a terrible job, but people like DT and I love it. Like we froth (laughs) on fixing things. We froth on uh, helping people grow within a community, um, like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like I, I wouldn't want to make it sound like it's all, it's all roses, but at the same time, like, I think we both very much knew what we were getting into. Okay. Um, you know, like there are the fr- frustrating times. There's a pseudo meme at this place that if you see me walking through the woods, it's like, maybe give him 15 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> maybe longer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, like it's, 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 it's kind of been that dream job. Okay. Yeah. And, and DT, did you ever have any moments where like, I didn't sign up for this? This is working with me. No, (laughs) no, man, this is, uh, I mean, to do something with your friend, uh, and this experience in the, in the surfing hospitality movement and being so, you know, it's, it's such a new space and it's kind of like feel like you're kind of pioneering how this is going to go and getting to make up just kind of make up stuff and what you think is cool so for me it's always been i always come from a more optimistic approach and and always try to lead with positive uh reinforcement in my mind and and we've always just tackled what's ahead of us and didn't do the best that we can day to day and 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 stuff seems to be working out it's amazing and this community i'll talk one thing it was a bit of a culture shock for me coming from Encinitas to Waco uh, and literally doing it overnight and moving here and moving my family here. And this city has been unbelievably supportive Mm -hmm. of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Like I feel Mike can attest to this too. We've been show ponying around this whole city from meeting the mayor to the chamber of commerce to every single influential person in Waco. And we're getting the red carpet rolled out for us because they, they're proud of what, what we're doing here. And we're making this place like everyone knows the chip and Joanna. And of course, everybody knows David Koresh and, and, and all that stuff that went down, but this is such a positive place and it's such a family place and the city could not be more supportive of what we're doing. And it's an absolute blessing for the city of Waco. Now I've, I've noticed that just from talking to staff and people attending the park, you have a lot of repeat visitors, mm-hmm. people, you know, make it an annual trip. Totally. Um, you have locals coming out and there really is a good community. It's unbelievable. Connection. And this town is just, it's a magical place. Like Waco is such a special place. It yeah. is like surprising when, when there you go there, there, here's, here's a bit of, as a Dave Black would say inside baseball. When I first got here, uh, this was like, all right, cool. This industry is going to blow up. Um, Waco's Waco, not knowing what to expect, but enjoy this place so much that Amy and I bought a house downtown. Uh, the, it's a bunch of young entrepreneurial people that are opening up 
restaurants, coffee shops, little music venues. Uh, it's, it's cool watching the space blossom. Uh, and it's super cool getting to be a part of that. And, you know, we try and as best we can here, be stewards of the community as well. When we have big groups that come in, uh, you know, we try and productize overnight, two day, three day trips. Uh, and we incorporate the city in that we know all the restaurants with friends that have opened up. We send them to like, if you haven't gone to Pinewood to get a coffee or a beer, you're blowing it. Uh, it's yeah, it's a cool community and we're stoked to be a part of it. Right on. And, um, through the, the park, like you're getting ready to your busy season yes, starts sir. next week. You're going to open the lazy river. Yes, sir. The wedge, uh, wedge slide and just kind of go into busy how does summer that, mode summer mode yeah as you can tell by mike's attire we give him shit about it but when summer comes around the shoes come off he won't yeah. wear shoes again till october and, and he's got his hawaiian ace ventura get up on every day and now with the with the fresh mullet i think people will take him seriously this year it's all business this is the Brian. year i get the respect this, is the, this is the year <laughs> <laughs> no, I, had, uh, I have to mention that my, I think my first con uh, communications with you, Mike, where it's like you sign off, okay, dude, and yeah. like you're one of the few people I know who can sincerely use the word dude. I appreciate yeah. that. Everyone's yeah. dude. Everyone gets called that's, dude. That's here. great. Yeah. That's wonderful. So as you gear into this uh, high summer season, what what does your work day look like? Uh, yeah. Um, it, th there is a weird split of clientele in that the day use business is much more transactional than our experiential surf business. Uh, we get a lot of like on a Saturday, we'll have busy Saturday. We'll have 2,500 people that are just here to do the slides in the lazy river, wow. hang out with their families. They bring their own barbecues, um, just hang out for the day. It's more like a hangout park than a traditional water park. Um, so that gets a good amount of my focus. Uh, I try and see this entire place as more of a hospitality business than anything else. So that never really leaves, but you do have to account for day use versus multi-day stay mm -hmm. um, and make sure that they're cohesive enough that they're both building each other's experience and not detracting from one or the other. So. Okay. I saw you, I saw you this morning. You were in the trench of the lazy river yeah. before they're going to fill it. Yeah. Then five minutes later, you were tasting a burger or yep. something <laughs> <laughs> and you're giving feedback about the food. What, what was that about? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, as we open for more people, we open new food and beverage outlets. We need to make sure that the, you know, lazy river is all good and ready to go before we fill it with water. Um, potentially to a fault, but I like to have a thumb on everything that goes on here. Uh, I think a big part of providing an experience is being able to truly understand it yourself. Um, so yeah, if those are the two weirdest things you saw me do, that's great because <laughs> I, I promise it gets more nitty gritty than that. Um, that's the thing about Mike, Mike too, just being out here and, and watching run operations. He, he never would do or ask anyone to do anything that he wouldn't do. And he'll literally, I've seen him taking trash out or like, him and his wife, I've seen turnover hotel rooms, mm -hmm. it's this kind of attention to detail and like, all right, well, it needs to be done. I'm going to get it done. Uh, and it's just uh, the customer experience because of that, it just, it set a precedent uh, with everybody in this organization that just, they see that and they, they follow that. And it's, uh, it's creating an unbelievable 
culture and work ethic. And I think yeah. I've been I've been super fortunate in my life to have experienced different places, different experiences, different levels of hospitality. Uh, and so being able to use that to build this place, but then, you know, show the crew like, Hey, here's some small details that'll get you way more points, uh, than trying to focus on this one that, you know, it's probably important, um, but not as important as these other items. Um, and that's why I like to be super involved. And going to, uh, advice for people who you know maybe a lot of our listeners they they're wave pool dreamers they want to start their own project they're um trying to connect the dots mm. to do it uh if you could share some advice from your journey with uh, people who want to start their own surf park may i get in there <laughs> there will be 150 times where it's super super easy to go man, this is too hard. Like I've hit another speed bump, tired of hitting the speed bump, tired of spending our own cash. Uh, there, you will repeatedly hit that and it will become drastically easy to throw in the towel. Uh, sometimes you just gotta have that entrepreneurial spirit and roll the dice. Okay. And so, and so that's like your kind of can do it this year. And earlier I was asking you about well, confidence. Yeah, well, to, yeah, to like be, these guys can attest that more because they were involved before I was. They had, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, about the same. Yeah, pretty close. Okay, and then so that confidence, like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this because you're like hit every throughout the process. You're hit constantly with uh, something like oh, Lee said 150 times, mm -hmm. and um, so people starting out just keep to it. Keep your nose to the grindstone. Just, just do it. Yeah, I mean, not every one of these things is going to get across the line. Mm -hmm. um, make sure that you know what you don't know, and if you don't yeah. know, find somebody that does. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, there will be a lot of a lot of things, whether it's dealing with the state or it's dealing with finance people. Um, okay. Yeah, and surround yourself with good, smart people. And that's, yeah, and that's another thing too in uh, the wave pool world is that it's not um, really proven yet. It's starting to be proven. Correct. And there are financiers who are aware of what it adds to a project. Correct. Um, and, and you've traveled around. You'll see the more, the more of these that come online, the easier this process is going to be. Yeah. And you're going to see institutional capital getting behind these types of ventures, which historically they never had. Yeah. Um, and so just the access to capital as these things grow and, and are, are successful and then we start showing numbers and, and they can kind of all compare. I think you'll just see a massive uptrend and this will just be easier to get one done. But right now it's just, it's about grinding and just keeping your head down and, and trying to get just like Mike said, just little wins until, until you sign on the line. Yeah. That's no, it's fascinating. Cause, uh, like Nick Hounsfield, he started the wave. Yeah. He was 10 mm -hmm. years at it before, yeah. you know, that it, it, it started to work. And, uh, fortunately you guys came into something that was already open to, sure. um, <clears throat> get it, get it going and, and, and take over. And I know most of the projects going on right now, you have a lot of, uh, developments where, you know, it's a $300 million development. You take five, ten percent of that to put a wave pool at the center, and you yeah. know, you've upped the value of the, of the condos. For around. sure. 
in the world of turnstile surf parks, um, where do you see as as we kind of split possibly between the private residence sure. development and the uh, turnstile uh, surf session yeah. model? Yeah. Do you? I think yeah, definitely. I think I think you're going to see both. I think. I think you will see this uh, experience being privatized. Uh, there's a company called Crest out of New York right now that's mm -hmm. doing the first country club surf model. They're going to be open in 2024. Uh, so you're going to see, like, I could see country club model uh, surf parks starting to happen where it's very private, uh, fully exclusive, um, membership dues, this type of thing. And then, like you said, uh, I think these wave pools will be an attraction at bigger resorts because they do draw people and they're cool to you. So you have your Marriott's of the world or your Hilton's of the world who have a lot of land and a lot of property and to sink one of these into the center as one of their attractions will just fill rooms. And so I think you'll see both of those models expanding in the future. Okay. Do you have any future gazing? Uh, I think kind of the same. I think uh, early, some of these early projects you're going to see will be anchor specific. Um, uh, that just seems to be right now uh, the easier way to get capital behind it, to get financing behind it. When it's like, hey, man, this is an amenity to a bigger development or a bigger project. Uh, that being said, uh, that's not necessarily going to be the be all end all. Uh, like if anything, we you, you've been here for a bit. You've seen the lodging. We've got 11 hotel rooms, two suites at the pool. We've got seven cabins, two houses. Uh, and we keep those very good occupancy rate. Um, but it's, it's, it's a lot, the lodging business is almost ancillary to the wave business. Okay. Like there is a model there. Okay. And, and through your, um, through this property, like when you got on, you took me on a little tour, we went around, saw how huge it was and you have lemurs, you have a cable park. <laughs> is there any aspect of this that you're like, what the hell do I do with that? You know, like how do you uh, best utilize lemurs? Yeah. <laughs> Can you ride them? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it, like there's so much land here that is ripe for development there. You know, we came in and uh, I had never ridden a wakeboard cable park. Right. So like we, there's a lot of stuff we have to figure out. Um, again, going back to an answer I gave earlier, and that starts becoming surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. So we bring in hospitality professionals. We bring in food and beverage professionals, uh, lean into their expertise to define the stuff that, you know, nobody wants to eat my food. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the back part of the property is the big, you drove back there where the lake house is and that mile long yeah. lake and then the well with the hot water that comes out of it. Right. And all the cooling lakes, that's just a massive opportunity down the road. Like you talk about growing into wave parks and getting wave parks, uh, entitled and, and open. Um, you know, Mike and I have thrown around the idea a thousand times of, of kind of incubating technology here and, and bringing, we have the land, we have 500 acres of land, nearly 500 acres and we have water and we can do things faster and cheaper than most places. And so, I mean, ideally it'd be awesome to, to partner with another tech down the road, like an up and coming, this industry's changing so fast mm -hmm. and they're just getting better and they're getting cheaper and they're getting more energy efficient. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we've got the land, so call Mike. 
<laughs> okay, right on. Now, um, <clears throat> with, with Waco Surf, there's so many uh, people who've been through here, mm. you know, from world champions to uh, groms that you see. What are some of the, if you can describe like a, a customer with or without naming names, how um, they come here and you, you feel like it's a, they really appreciate what's what's going on or there's some kind of connection. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, I mean, surf has this cosmic connection that unites all of us. Um, there's some unique aspects to this property that allow us to provide unique experiences. We get a lot of people here, whether it's professional athletes or A-list celebrities that want the surf experience with a bit of privacy. I know we showed you a couple spots where um, people come stay with us for a couple days. They're out of the way, out of it until they want to come and surf. Um, I mean, people that come show up with their own private security uh, that like the secret service walk around the park. And if you didn't know, they, you wouldn't know that that's who they were, but oh wow, yeah, so, uh, we get, yeah, it's, it's a, this place presents a unique opportunity to interact with people, meet people. Um, yeah, it's pretty rad. And you've seen that too. But... Absolutely. Yeah. I'll show up here and I'm like, why am I being patted down at my front <laughs> exit? Yeah, it's crazy. But if you, I, I'll, I'm going to drop a name just because I, just because we can. Okay, and and there's someone it, like, and you guys know him, and you probably all love him. But his name's Himana Reynolds. If, if anybody embodies the the culture and the stoke and the respect for this place, it's that guy. He's been coming here since it opened. Um, he's become such a good friend of the park and of Mike and myself. And to, for someone like that, to every time he comes, he has a smile on his face from ear to ear, and and he's like. He's just one of the most humble, greatest dudes ever to come out here. And so whenever I think of like people, pro athletes or people, he always just pops in my head is the, the smile on his face when he's out here. And that's from, from him to little Groms, no one knows of like that's, they just exude this, uh, this energy. And I think the wave and the experience out here and the culture that's created has a lot to do with that. And that's, yeah, sounds like what, um, everyone who surfs can experience that. The unique thing about surf parks and wave pools is that you concentrate it. You you, mm. you, you bottle it up. More mm. stoke, faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's uh, just reflective of our, sure. you know, accelerating society yeah. and such like that. Thank you so much Dude, for of course. coming on uh, coming on the podcast, taking time out, and taking a break from tasting uh, new burgers. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, thank I you for coming it. out and joining treat, us. Man. I'm glad you finally made it out here. Uh, yes. This truly is a magical spot and glad you got to come hang out with us for a bit. Yeah, yeah. We were really stoked to do that. We did our wave pool tour last year and we were able to hit Australia and Korea and Japan. And um, this, we finally made it here and I'm really, really glad we did. Texas, just, baby. Just what, what you guys do as well uh, at Wave Pool Mag, it's phenomenal. Like, oh, thank you. Just to just to be up in the space, and you guys are always publishing new editorials and new articles on stuff that I think I'm abreast on what's going on, and you guys are just taking it to a next level. And so, from an education standpoint, and from business owners who want to pursue this, your guys' resource is invaluable, and it's just it's so awesome what you're doing. So I appreciate you coming out and taking the time to sit down with us and do this. Oh, right on! Thank you very much. 
cool. and uh, it, it's great to sit here. Next time we get together, maybe I'll I'll have a mullet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you should. You should. <laughs> we all have mustaches. So I, was we gonna, got I was gonna say, if I was a gambling man, I'd say next time you come here, I probably won't have a mullet. But <laughs> is that how you got your mullet? You lost a bet? Or? No, I, I was literally. We had a uh, college competition out here, and uh, Amy, my wife, and I were walking around the Cable Lake, and there was this gal, one of the competitors, that was just cutting people's hair. And uh-huh. she said, you look like you could use a mullet. Because uh, I've historically had long hair. And then my wife was like, go for it. So I just sat down in a super janky chair and got a mullet cut by some college kid. <laughs> Which is a character aspect you probably need to like get stuff done and do things like take over a surf. Like I said, people take you seriously when your hair looks like this. <laughs> okay, right on. Thank you, guys. Brian, Thanks, thank bro. you, dude. Take care.